people might find like, oh, I just kind of watched it and it was a fun, gory time. I love when ladies, you know, murder men. And I do. As we do, you know? Yes. Yeah, every day. (laughs) Every week, we come to you with something spooky. Uh, Intermittently between us talking with some friends, live, if you haven't caught those yet, every other Monday, we're live. Uh, 7 p.m. EST there, uh, talking to friends and other horror people. And um, we, in between that, like now, are doing our good ghouls gone bad section. Yeah. Edumacations. <laughs> yes. We're still us. We're still doing what we do where we teach you stuff. We learn you some horror and other stuff. Because this is the media analysis podcast from a horror lens where we explore the real life, uh, historical and psychological reasons behind our cinematic fears. And we have a good film today. Yeah. It was, it was doing a thing. Like, <laughs> it was doing a yeah. It was saying stuff. I was just like, I got things out of it that I didn't expect to get out of it in that, like, I don't know. I just, sometimes I just don't know what we're going to get when we go into something. Um, And then also I'll get into it, but it's just like, no one else was saying what I was thinking in terms of on the internet. So I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. I will start, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean. I often, I found that too, where a lot of it's just reviews. It wasn't much of like in-depth, like what does this mean as a whole? But that we find that often in like films where Mm -hmm. we are covering it and we're the only ones who are thinking of it that way. And people are like, wait a second, I didn't do that. And sometimes we even operate outside of maybe what the original intention was of the creators too, like like Honeymoon Mm -hmm. and how I was like, this got some strong vibes for this thing, and that's what it reads like to me. Uh, and, like, the, you know, director being like, no, 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 it's not that. Um, and I think s- this film is kind of similar to that. I don't think that the creators intended for it to have the impact that it does and for it to mean what it does. Um, because it's... is so it's So we're talking about um, She Never Died is what we're going to talk about today. And it is the sister sequel to He Never Died, which uh, is a similar premise of like person who is a cannibal gets things and uh, is, (laughs) you know, in the gray area of good and evil. (laughs) And then, you know, uh, it's crystal forever. Yeah, so, and and that's, you know, on the surface what this film is, but in uh, changing it to She Never Died, giving us a female hero, uh, a black female hero in the horror genre, like, you're saying, like, 
those are like whether you thought you were saying something or not, you are just inherently by doing that. Yeah, <laughs> it's inevitable, but you, you can't mm-hmm. not do that, you know. Um, and so we'll definitely yeah. talk about it. And I think, you know, like Kat said, we're when we get into our sections, uh, people might find like, oh, I just kind of watched it and it was a fun, gory time. I love when ladies, you know, murder yeah. men. And I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. And I think it was just a fun, gory time. Yeah. Uh, but I also, the entire time, was like, oh, this is, there's more going on here than we're, that meets the eye. And it's not just a surface, like, gore fest. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think, like, while it may not have been intentioned, as you said, like, it, it did say stuff. Like, I think we look at things generally from a media analysis lens, and sometimes we, like, don't take that off and I feel like when we're watching anything for ghouls we're always going to have it on so like this is what's gonna happen we watch yeah. a thing we we look at it and we're like yeah no that's doing something and then like people either agree or they don't it doesn't mean we didn't like the film I thought it was a good film it was fun it was murder yeah. murder time it yeah good. but it's also got other things going on yeah and I think that's just kind of that comes with you listening to our podcast. Uh, that This is exactly what we are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we're always going to do that. You mm-hmm. hand us something that's, you know, simple. We're going to make it something bigger than it is. Because uh, that's fun to us, too. It's not like we, like, hate movies. But we would love to also hear mm-hmm. from you. So if you have watched You Never <laughs> Died, uh, please send us an email at thegoolsnextdoor at gmail.com. And let us know what you think. Or, sh- you know, talk to us via social media. We're all over it. Um, and we'd love to hear from people. I know we just when I kind of floated out that we were going to cover this, I got a good reaction from people being like, oh, my God, no one talks about this film enough. Uh, so hopefully, like I said, we are going to start the conversation for what is ultimately going to be. So She Never Died is uh, directed by Audrey Cummings. And it is about when a girl goes missing, a woman with a mysterious past tracks down the people responsible, which is... I guess, I guess what happens IMDb, uh, but not, also not, also not what happens. Um, so She Never Dies tells the story of a yeah. zombie cannibal woman uh, who eats bad men. Uh, the film is funny and gruesome, like super gruesome, which is two of my favorite things in horror. <laughs> like I love when you have like something really, you know, gory and ridiculous yeah. and then also comedic, um, which is, you know, why I enjoy things like Evil Dead. Um, it's just it's fun. It's good fun. Um, and I found what I found in this film was what I was looking for in the feminist vampire revenge flick bit. In that, uh, where that film was like pulling its punches, this one just punched harder, <laughs> and it mm. didn't like hold, like you know, pull back from uh, what it was saying. Like it never was like, "Oops, murder's bad," um, which I mean, it is. <laughs> murder yeah. is bad, uh, but it wasn't like you know, you don't have a right to be angry. And our protagonist definitely does. Sorry, my hands it's all over the place. Uh, <laughs> so there, this is a sequel to the uh, Henry Rollins' uh, He Never Died, which uh, I never felt I was missing pieces of this story because I didn't see that one. Like, I, it, mm. they're, they're just, they have similar things happening, um, but they can exist on their own. 
Like there, yeah. I, I, I think there might be another one coming around. Maybe they never died. Um, where maybe they come together and we get a bit more, a few more answers. Cause these definitely feel like origin stories that lead up to, uh, what happens, <laughs> like what mm-hmm. they're here for. Uh, but I think L- Lacey's story is her own story. And, um, like, so we follow Lacey, who's played by Olenike uh, Adelie, uh, and she is this deadpan anti-hero who accidentally becomes a feminist icon. <laughs> like, it was definitely mm-hmm. not her intention. She is cursed. Uh, she needs to eat bone marrow uh, to survive. And she strategically chooses bad men as her victims to survive. So she's, you know, picking people, mm-hmm. one that people won't miss, um, but also it kind of benefits society that she's eating them, which is nice. Yeah. Like, and... and you know, say what you will about, like, the morality of it. Like, she's just Rorkshack, but good. Like, a good version of that. <laughs> like, what you all want Rorkshack to be, she is. Um, so, Lazy is a character who, on the surface, appears to be driven by instinct alone. Like, she's very separate from people. Um, she comes across as, like, uncaring, emotionless, and at times, like, inhuman. Like, in that she's just kind of driven by, I need to survive, I need to eat bone marrow, I'm going to do that. But when you closely look at her actions, you find that beneath this, like, hardened, animalistic facade is a woman who understands the fight between good and evil, and she has been around long enough to be jaded by humanity, right? She is tired of the performance of good yeah. and disgusted by the power of evil. Um, and in He Never Died, it's made clear that uh, he has been around since Old Testament times, uh, which has you questioning, like, how long has Lacey been here? Uh, and it also like helps you understand like just how over the world she is like she like we and like if she's been around for all this time we know that humanity is trash now <laughs> like imagine if you had like since old testament times knew how trash humanity was um it makes all the sense that she's like i just do this and exist i don't want anyone to notice that i'm here and yeah. in the in the film, uh, our vigilante hero catches the eye of the hardened detective Godfrey, who surprisingly knows what she is to an extent. Um, but despite knowing that she is a killer who eats people, and clearly isn't staying up all night thinking about it, uh, <laughs> he <laughs> enlists her to bring an end to a human trafficking ring. And in her first men- mission to find those responsible for the trafficking, she ends up saving this spunky sex worker, Susie. Um, and the interactions between the two are, like, charming and, like, bring humor to an otherwise dark film. Uh, Susie immediately mm-hmm. pegs Lacey as this feminist cannibal uh heroine that the world needs and she like dismisses it Lacey immediately lets Susie know that she doesn't like her <laughs> like you are trouble yeah uh you you say too many words you're so loud like yeah. <laughs> I don't need this and I think a part of her also knew um that she would care for Susie and that it would that kind of goes against her just trying to fly under the radar because if she cares um then she's going to get more invested than she previously wanted to um yeah yeah so i i i think you know underneath the, this tough exterior that she kind of puts up we do see the hero um who can't help but fight for what is right um and she sees something in Susie's persistence that like despite her hard and troubled life she still b- believes in the pro- potential for good 
to prevail. Like she kind of hints at all these awful things mm-hmm. that she's had to do to survive. Um, that like, she's not eating people like Susie's just a person. Um, but she's had to do like things that she regrets and she's had to really, you know, put herself in some dangerous situations in order to survive and, um, kind of reconcile with that. But at the end of the day, she's still like, Oh, you are a hero. Like you're a su- like, you're a superhero. Like we need you. Like she's like, you're a monster. That's good. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, you have to do it. You have to help. And I think in seeing, um, you know, that someone who is, you know, so down and still able to kind of see a light, despite the fact that she found her chained to a bed, right? Like, <laughs> you found her in a pretty dark place. Yeah. Um, and she's still like, let's go into danger and save people. Um, that I think it opens up in Lacey this potential uh, to be that hero. Um, just in the fact that this woman believes yeah. in her um, and has the kind of innocence to believe in a world where evil doesn't win all the time. Kind of shows Lacey that maybe that's true. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could. Um, Adelie gives a phenomenal performance. I really enjoyed her in it. Like, she's very unique. Um, it's rare that we see heroes like okay. her, especially in horror. Um, we don't have this, like, cliched horror final girl, but rather, like, a grizzled hero in Lacey. Um, and, again, anti-hero, because she's kind of <laughs> she's kind of bad. Like, she's not doing it in this ethical way, right? Um, and she is solemn and studious, very quiet. She doesn't have, like, witty responses she just tells you exactly what it is she has this like blunt responses that give comedic relief to like some really dark or like uh like scenes following some heavy gore it's like ooh, oh, that's funny <laughs> like just because mm-hmm. she's she's peculiar and that's fun um and as cat will discuss in her section it is incredibly important that Lacey is a dark-skinned black woman who is fighting in this like uh she is the protagonist and not the support to the quirky Susie which is super important for a horror film um and she even has like this scene where she fights against the leader of the human trafficking ring who is a white woman uh and you know all to say Mm -hmm. about the feminist movements uh of our past and you know the the fact that many of our our revolutions have been spearheaded by black women uh and women of color only to you know, find that it's at the, in the, uh, the public eye, they don't get as much attention for it. Um, or, you know, sometimes white women are mm-hmm. actively, you know, enforcing the same harmful, uh, societal expectations in order to uphold how society is. Cause there's this, I had this conversation with Wimoto Nyoka mm-hmm. of Dusky Projects, which we'll talk to in one of our live episodes, um, where she was just talking about how, you know, it, there's a, there's this thing with certain white feminists that it's not so much that they want to de- like demolish the patriarchy. It's just that they want to be the ones who are, uh, profiting off of it, right? Like they're the mm-hmm. ones who want the power. They don't want to dismantle the power. Uh, cause it will, it, just, they just wanted to switch over to them. Uh, and yeah. that's kind of what this person rep- <laughs> represents in this moment. Um, and so to have, like, a dark-skinned black woman come in and fight <laughs> and be like, you are the evil. Like, you're the head of this evil that is harming other women um, in such a horrific way says a lot more than I think even the director might have been intending, to be honest. Um, yeah. And the writer, who, like, was a man, and he wrote it, you know? Um, yeah. I think uh, 
I don't, I don't know if it was Audrey Cummings' uh, intent in choosing Adelie for the role to transform it into something that is this powerful and opinionated, um, but it has become that. And I think, you know, just as George A. Romero didn't fully understand the impact of ca- casting Dwayne Jones in um, Night of the Living Dead, like he has adamantly said in record, like that it wasn't purposely to be a statement of race he was just like this guy is the best uh it just so happened that it came out at the same time that some really heavy things were happening in the civil rights movement and so it had a bigger impact in that uh just by having him there so it kind of becomes more than what the filmmaker originally Mm -hmm. intended um and so it fundamentally changes the messaging uh and i think coming cummings too has a film that represents more than just you know, femme power, uh, it is black femme power. Uh, and there's a, there's a heaviness with that, that I think, um, some of these, uh, the other articles that we found were kind of missing. There would be, we found in quite a few where there was maybe a line, uh, or two about like, oh, and it is a black woman and she's, you know, killing evil white men. That's lovely, right? Like, people being like, yeah, we need that. And then it's just kind of brushed over. And I think that says a lot to a viewing audience, like, says a lot about the audience um, in that it is just a sentence. It is just this afterthought because it isn't something that takes up, it takes up that amount of time for them, right? It is just a sentence Mm -hmm. in their life. Um, And kind of ignoring the fact that it is, really powerful (laughs) just like having her there like it is honestly like uh it's saying so much more um and I don't want to give more credit to Cummings or them for for doing that but I'm just saying that maybe it has evolved past what they even knew um and hopefully you know in Mm -hmm. the the trilogy of things and at the end that we can be even more intentional uh about the delivery of that and uh, her character so I did want to brush into a bit of spoilers, which is literally like because of the ending. And so in um, He Never Died, there's it's revealed who he was. Um, and in this, it's revealed who she is and how they like why they've lived this long and what the curse is. Um, so I'm going to mm-hmm. dive into spoiler central because I think it's really important who she was revealed to be. Uh, and I got very excited when I heard who she was. So <laughs> spoiler town we are going. So if you have not watched this film, please, please do. Um, I think we watched it for free on like Tubi or something. It was, um, I think so too. Yeah. It's so worth it. It's, it's quick. Um, there is a bit of gore, um, because she's, I mean, she eats (laughs) fingers, uh, and it's like gross. And also it's like, yeah, doesn't die when attacked. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like, I guess they felt the need to really highlight that. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, yeah, so there's a bit of that. There's a lot of violence, um, but it, it has funny moments, and it really, I think it's it's underrated. Like, people really should watch it. So um, pause this, go watch it, and then come back. <laughs> come back. So <laughs> if you come back, uh, in the very end, uh, we get a glimpse into who Lacey is and just how long she's been wandering the earth. In He Never Died, it is revealed that he is Cain uh, and that he is cursed because he killed his brother. And so he has to live forever, and he's a cannibal, and that's like the mark of Cain, essentially, um, is that, you know, you killed your brother, and now you can never die, and you have to live with that. Sucks. Um, Mm. Whatever. (laughs) That's how I feel. Cain is whatever. He was a murderer. He was mad because he didn't get enough attention. And that's just kind of classic. 
white man in a Bible. So uh, I don't care <laughs> about Cain in, in that yep. revelation. Um, I think the best uh, Cain, Mark of Cain revelation, like tie-in, was in some type of vampire thing I watched where the, the vampire, being a vampire, was the Mark of Cain, and I was like, that's dope. I like that. Um, but that's probably it. Uh, in this, uh, <laughs> uh, she is supposedly also deserving of punishment, uh, which also says so much about it, because <laughs> she is called Lilith. Um, and in Judeo-Christian lore, mm-hmm. uh, Lilith is a demonic being who was Adam's first wife. Um, her existence stems from a line in Genesis in which God makes man and woman. So in the beginning, he did this, he did that. He made man and woman. But then later, he makes Eve. And so people were like, who was the first woman who was made alongside Adam and therefore equal to him uh, and not made of him? therefore not subservient to him, right? Uh, Not belonging to him, right? Uh, And so uh, that's where, like, Lilith comes from, is that she was the first wife who was made equal, and she was angered by this, like, request or expectation of Adam to be subservient to him, uh, despite the the fact that they Mm -hmm. were made the same way. They live in this, like, they're both a first, excuse you. Um, And so she fled, and she copulated with demons. Yeah, right. And she was like, cool. (laughs) So uh, I've always been fascinated by Lilith. Uh, I have written stories about Lilith. Many of my characters in, like, short films or stories have been named Lilith. I'm not subtle. (laughs) Like, I think she is a feminist icon. Yeah. And one of the first, uh, as you should, man. Yeah, she is one of the first strong women that has been demonized uh, and has had her story rewritten or erased to better push the narrative for well-behaved women. Right. Uh, Similar to Mary Magdalene, where they were like, Mm -hmm. oh, she was a sex worker. And that means she was less than it's like, excuse you. She was a powerful woman. Like. Bible is rot with women who are undersold, yeah. right? And the fact that they literally demonized this woman who was just like, no, I'm equal and I don't want to be under you uh, is te- is telling, right? And so I think the fact that they chose Lilith, like, yep. I don't, again, I don't think that this might have been the director's intention. Like, I don't think she has as strong a connection to Lilith as I do, but I was like, yes, that's it. And Kat will also talk about the fact that it's the first woman uh, and how important that is. Uh, So I think uh, the decision to name Lacey as Lilith only further strengthens her identity as a feminist icon, especially in horror. And in the fact that even now, after all this time, she is still a monster who is killing bad men. Right, like she is still upholding the tradition that she kind of went into. Mm-hmm. Of like men are trash, and I'm going to do this. And and it, you know, if you also want to go further, is thinking like that the the head of the human trafficking ring uh, could be seen as a daughter of Eve, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that you know she was trying to uphold the status quo <laughs> and be like, you know, this is how it works. This is how we profit. We let men do whatever they want. Uh, and then someone like Susie would be a daughter of Lilith in that, you know, she uh, has a little bit more spunk to her and believes that she should have equality and that men are trash and shouldn't rule everything. So <laughs> um, I think it's saying all that, even if it didn't mean to say all that. Uh, <laughs> so again, I don't want to give credit where credit's not there. And because I didn't read any art, like interviews with the creators. Um, I just read a few reviews from other places. And like Kat said, it was very much like, 
this was a good movie. It was kind of spooky. Um, yeah. And she was like, she was, you know, kicking butt and taking names. And I like that. And it was like, but she was doing so much more than that. Friends, <laughs> you need to yeah. give her a little more credit uh, for what she is representing, uh, and the the fighting the good fight for representation in horror too. Um, let's watch this yeah. film so people know we want to see more of it. So yeah, um, we're going to talk about some stuff. Trigger warning that the subjects I'm covering include things about racism, medical violence, and systemic oppression. Just so you know, going in. Um, and I did some reading and I'll be real that like, I was pretty surprised as Gabe was saying, like, Oh, the coverage of this film, I felt like this film was saying a lot things that like seemed really obvious to me and not like to Gabe too. Like, we're just like, we have our media analysis glasses on. And I feel like that lens that people reviewed the film with was different than mine. And I just like, didn't feel seen in that. So we're, they were mostly like, wow, cool lady eats bad guys. Cool metaphor for eat the rich. Like nice taken revenge and i was like it does do that like that i'll give it that it does do that you're not like wrong but i feel like there was like a missed opportunity essentially to yeah exactly um but yeah there was like a missed opportunity to talk about things like one like might make people uncomfortable and uh that like that opportunity was missed so to start off positive as gabe was saying it's really cool that they were lilith because the whole like the first whole woman was a black woman and I'm like pretty sure that's true so it was just really dope to see it like actually represented on screen like and that she was so powerful and that like was really not like I guess like she wasn't like particularly emotional and she was like I just thought that was really cool to see like a woman who was kicking ass or kicking butts and like also like wasn't like overly emotional really just got to the point was like really just a really powerful and awesome character. Not that you can't be powerful without being emotional, but I just like, as someone who relates to that, I just thought that was really cool. Um, and as much as this film was like super interesting, I think there were elements to it that were a little harmful in that the main character who is a black woman was shown experiencing so much violence against her. But I mean, mm -hmm. that is also a thing where like, I am not as, in love with gore <laughs> despite being an avid horror fan but it like to me it felt kind of like at times very voyeuristic in like showing the villain stabbing her multiple times or yeah, shooting her in the head or torturing her like yeah it, it felt like to a point towards the end i was like do we really got to show you slowly inserting a knife to her? like we get she doesn't die that's the whole thing do we got to watch <laughs> you do it and it and uh, so <laughs> that bothered me a little bit but the first thing that really stood out to me about this film is that it seemed like it was saying something and I may have gotten something different than other people got either intentionally or unintentionally about how the medical industry treats black women, uh, that in broad daylight in spaces that are supposed to be safe and healing black women are treated as if they experience less pain than white women. And the fact that the character in this film is like kind of like reinforcing that in the, like, it doesn't say that she doesn't experience pain, but that she can't die. And that, the guy's kind of, when he's torturing her, insinuating that, like, she's experienced, she doesn't experience pain with that as much. Mm -hmm. And it, like, really was like, ooh, okay. So, like, these things don't happen in the basements with dudes trying to create torture porn on the dark web so much as they do in doctor's offices and medical institutions that reinforce white supremacist teachings in medicine. Is that what the director intended? I don't know. Because I couldn't <laughs> find anything... 
even kind of like suggesting that that was what was intended. Um, but that's how I interpreted it. And I'm not sure if it was a call out of that or the film was just reinforcing like this blatantly racist assumption that like black women feel this pain. But either way, it's a problem. And in my facts section, I'm going to be talking about that. So, as I said in the beginning of trigger warning, we're going to be talking about racism and systemic oppression, which can be like really hard for people to hear. So, the history of medical racism is long. We've covered some of the horrors of it in our episodes on population control. I don't remember what the episode was called, but also in the one about vaccine creation and like the complicated history essentially with like America being like racist. Um, and in our recent episode through the Philadelphia Latinx. How do I say it? Philadelphia Latin America Film Festival? Latino Film Festival. Latino Film Festival. Philadelphia Latino Film Festival featuring a film about forced sterilization in California prison system. There's no way I'll be able to cover like the vast and complex ways racism is integrated into our medical system and history in the time we have available here. So I strongly encourage others to like do research and there is like an extensive and horrific violence that has been done in the medical community against black and brown bodies in America. And while we'll be covering this on like a surface level, there are sources in our show notes that provide further context um, that I'm not like quoting in this overview. And it, it can be really overwhelming to learn about this stuff. It's horrifying and to understand the true depth of how messed up society is. So just like as a heads up, that is a factor that's going in. To give a brief overview of what structural racism is in terms of medical racism, I'll reference one of my sources according to an article in Medical News Today written by Kimberly Drake and Anna Sen Dewey titled Structural Racism in Medicine, an in-depth look at ways to promote meaningful change. Structural racism goes beyond individual prejudice and results in pervasive misaligned thought processes that places one racial or ethnic group above another. Specifically, this is one driven by white supremacist beliefs, underlying white privilege, and failure to understand that all human beings share 99.9% .9 of their DNA. Um, a large problem within the medical schooling system and the medical system as a whole is that they're teaching racist theories to new and incoming medical students. Um, Part of the program, as described in the article, What is Medical Racism by Eric Bronson on YWCA works. Many medical standards and techniques still used today are based on untrue beliefs that black and white people are different, have different physiology. In fact, the machine apparently, which this is so gross, that is used to measure lung capacity has been programmed to have race correction programming to assume that black people have 20% less lung capacity than white people, an untrue theory that was invented by a pro-slavery doctor in 1857. Gross. Yeah, right? Okay. So, so not only are there these false theories being taught to students that are being programmed into the technology used by medical professionals, I remember a while back, specifically like a sound on TikTok that repeated the doctors are to black women what police officers are to black men and i think that information mm -hmm. within these sources really backs like that's it's true and it's messed up um in fact according to a study published by the proceedings of the national academies of science highlighted in an article how we fail black patients pain written by janice sabin on aamc half of white medical trainees believe such myths as black people have thicker skin or less sensitive nerve endings than white people mm -hmm. um 
And it's really important to be aware of the many complex ways that racism hurts people on a systemic level, like in order to stop perpetuating these things. It extends further than just getting like these blatantly racist teachings out of medical school curriculum and will involve removing the people in power that have like signed off on these teachings for years. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of like that whole cut off the head and the rest of like, it'll be fixed. It's like, no, the head is supported by the neck and the shoulders and the people in those positions are equally hurting people. Yeah. Um, and referring back to the, like the medical news today article, many allies will have to lose their positions of power in order for this change to really take place. Um, and that's like, what's, I think going to be the most difficult part is it requires a lot of people rejecting the system that they actively benefit from um, and making sacrifices for meaningful change. So if you're thinking of the, the main villain, the lady villain, essentially, mm -hmm. who was this rich white lady, she is instead of like being like, hey, well, she is by no means an ally, but like instead of uh, being like, hey, this system is hurting people. She's trying to profit off of it. So it's kind of going yeah. back to what Gabe was saying with like the areas of feminism that are not intersectional in that they are like actively just trying to get the power for themselves instead of actually helping the situation. Mm -hmm. um, so like there are people who are going to need to be removed from power and there's people who have good intentions who just have inherent biases that will have to step down from power in order to also just enact this change. Um, and like in addition to that, there will need to be attention paid to the way academia has been utilized as a tool to reinforce white supremacist teachings as if they are facts in this country, despite no real scientific evidence supporting the information. There needs to be massive unlearning of things that have been taught to us and acknowledgement that science and has been manipulated in a way to reinforce and justify slavery in this country. Um, and that the means of creating widespread underlying bias that suggests like white people are superior, which is just not true. Um, and we have to acknowledge that this will greatly impact the way the system and our societies operate, even if like intentionally or unintentionally, that they are hurting people and have been hurting people for hundreds of years. Um, and ultimately, there's a lot of unlearning that needs to be done and that for that to actually change, that we'll need to do just way more than just acknowledge it. Like there will need to be like actual action taken. And I think like we see the considerable like it's considered unethical the way that uh our main character murdered these people but at the same time there i'm not suggesting we need to start murdering people to change the world um because that would be i guess problematic <laughs> but things need to change and the things that like are in play there's going like things need to happen essentially to do that and i th i think in the end that the main character is really just like being like, y'all tried to let Batman do this this whole time. You know, like he's yeah. just not solving the problem. We need to solve the problem. Cut off a few heads, eat their fingers. It ne needs to, <laughs> it needs to happen in, in order for things to change. And I think like the fact that this character is Lilith and the fact that like that, the way Lilith has been dragged historically by like, mm -hmm teachings of just like ridiculousness um it just all feels so intentional even if it maybe wasn't for the director as gabe was saying like it just was saying a lot and i got a lot out of it and i think like there's ways in which it was a little harmful in terms of reinforce like you know when you're like you're showing that it's a problem but you're kind of like 
you're showing it. So like that's kind of like reinforcing what's happening. Yes. Um, so I think it's a little bit of both. Um, and yeah, I don't I, I agree with Gabe and like I don't know if the directors fully knew what it would mean. Yeah. Like that it would add a whole extra layer to like what was happening. Um and I'll be very honest in my section, like that was a very surface level overview of some of the things that are happening. And as that's largely what I got from the film is that it was just kind of like, this is reinforcing what kind of black women are experiencing in the medical industry every day. And I don't know. I don't know if it was a call out or if it was just adding. I, I can't really tell you, but it was yeah. interesting to say the least. Um, and I highly encourage others to do like research about it and like kind of learn. I'll put some resources in our show notes too. Um, on like things people are actively doing to try to ease this and, you know, try to like take, let like destroying the system from within, which is what we are currently dealing with. Yeah. I think it's similar yeah. to, you know, the invisible man where it was like, isn't this a cool idea if we kind of, uh, change the story to be this. And instead of like, you know, having that idea and then passing it over to someone who could maybe have a greater impact in intentionality with the film, like, to create it, uh, he created it, right? And, and in this, it's like, uh, I feel like when they were kind of drafting this up and they had uh, her, like, audition, it was probably like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if our protagonist was a black woman and we're like kind of saying this now and not realizing like okay but we could have like stepped to the side and it's not enough to just let a white woman direct it uh then maybe we should have let you know a black woman pilot this you know uh because I'm, I'm thinking of lovecraft country with misha green uh in how there was that entire episode about medical crimes against uh black people in america and mm -hmm. how uh impactful that was in just the fact that like she did her research and those uh ghosts represented real, real. cases yeah. and so it's like imagine if we had someone you know in in the director's seat who could be intentional in n having direct knowledge and knowing the power that they held in having a protagonist um this way uh but you know i i think even still um even if it wasn't the their like mission when they set out they still did it and so for that i'm thankful for it and i hope it inspires others to be like clearly uh it's cool <laughs> to have like one women you know kicking butt uh and mm -hmm. not apologizing for it um and to have black women uh as you know our final girls too of which we have we have many um and we just need more <laughs> you know yeah. uh and not even just final girls, because it's not like, you know, um, I'm so happy it wasn't like a rape revenge situation. Mm. Yeah. It was just society revenge, which is like much nicer. Yeah. I mean, if you've been here this whole time, actively seeing everything that's been going down, like one, you were reasonably like not trying to get close to people as a reasonable mm -hmm. <laughs> you've watched like people you love die because you've been alive forever like it makes sense that she's like hesitant to be like Susie was her name right like mm -hmm. Susie we're gonna be best friends I'm gonna get super attached to you like you yeah. know like I feel like that if you live a long time 
similar in the end of like vampir- vampirism. It's like you either get really attached or you're like to other vampires or you're like, hey, I acknowledge that there is a difference here and you I can lose you. And that is hard. And like, that's a lot to process. So I'm not yeah. going to maybe give you, you a bunch of hugs. Go back and, like, to high school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Right. <laughs> Uh, well, it, may, it it also makes me think of when we talked to uh, Charday of Afro Horror Pod, mm-hmm. and she mentioned how drastically different I Know What You Did Last Summer would be if the protagonists were black. Because just that premise of, like, we hit someone by accident, like, we're not covering, like, there's so much more to be said about, like, the police. Like, this is why I was kind of disappointed a little bit in the parts that are happening in uh, Fear Street in 1994. Because I was like, there's not enough repercussions for these children of color, like, for it to be accurate to the representation of what supposedly Shadyside represents. Um, Which is, that's a whole different thing. But just, like, thinking of, like, again, this kind of shows that, like, if this is Lilith, who's been here since the dawn of time, like, the dawn of people, that she has been around and she's seen a lot that has to do with people who look like her, a lot of atrocities in that way. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that we don't even get any of that like, cause no one thinks to do that because they don't understand how different your perception of the world would be if you were a black woman who existed for this entire time, you know? Um, yeah. Because it just, it's just like, oh, it'd be cool if we have this protagonist who's a black woman instead of being like, but who is this? <laughs> like, but who is she? If this, yeah. then what? You know, like, we didn't go that far. We didn't go farther enough to think about, like, who she would actually be um, and the impact of, like, a history that is is wrought with oppression uh, and, and active harm against people who look like her. Like, we just, like... Uh, but suffice to say, it's still a fun time. Um, it is funny. It was unexpectedly <laughs> funny. Because uh, <laughs> I don't want to, like, you know, hate on it, because I don't. Oh, I, yeah, I no, it was still... It. it was a good film. Yeah. Yeah. We it's enjoy like, stuff. Like, we, we like movies. <laughs> we have fun. We have fun. Uh, I think it's, it's more of just, like... Imagine how much cooler it would be, you know, if we could say a little bit more, if we could be a little more informed. Um, but that's not to say it wasn't cool just existing. Um, and I think we're going to mm-hmm. find that, like, this is two, the number two of our, you know, Google's gone bad. And I think we're going to find some very interesting uh, perspectives uh, in storytelling yeah. around women in horror. Uh, that'll be very interesting to me. I agree. I agree. I think it'll be a good time. Yeah. Well, this is a, a rather short it. episode, this round. Um, <laughs> so I hope yeah. you're enjoying that. I hope that's good for you. Yeah, there was too uh, long. This one's just right. It's, it's, yeah, it's just it's too short. A little uh, short, that's but it's... Fine. <laughs> Make sure you tune in uh, next week when we will be talking to Wimoto Nioka uh, about uh, Dusky Projects and Black Women Are Scary uh, and... A, it, a totally unexpected film so glad she pitched it so it'll be fun to talk about uh there and stay tuned for the you know this month of uh good ghouls gone bad and the guests that we will have on live so make sure you're subscribed to us on youtube yep. so you get that alert that they're coming and uh to tune in and so because you can chat with us yeah we are friends <laughs> say hi <laughs> Yes. And uh, again, remember to send us an email if you have thoughts. If you're like, you guys 
Always trying to say too much. <laughs> like, I'm going to be like, yeah, <laughs> that's our job. That's what we do. Or yeah, that's like, true. Wow, that was great. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's fine, too. Uh, be sure to give us an email at ghoulsnextdoor@gmail.com, And don't get married. Delete your kids. <laughs> your kids will live forever. Or your one kid will kill your other kid. And then he lives forever. Poor... Poor Eve. Like, she really yeah. didn't... She just... She got all the bad. You know? <laughs> like, she she got all the bad. Yeah. Now they're like, how do they repopulate with only her children? Right? Like... Yeah. Siblings. That's Incestuous. Gross. And also, like, okay. Real quick, real quick. The whole incestuous element of the main white lady character and her brother who were leading the sex ring. I think that (gasps) also ties in somehow and how like the rich elite are pretty incestuous and they're like, everyone else is gross. We're the best. So we must continue this family line and it's all cringy and gross. So true. Um, So don't get married. Your kids will be of your brother and that's a problem and don't do that. <laughs> that's a problem. You heard it here at the ghouls. Do not have children with your siblings. I don't know why we yeah. have to do that. Game of Thrones that. tried to make it okay. <laughs> they um, but did. Here we are. They were like, it's fine, they're in love. Like, no. George. <laughs> like, should, they gross. shouldn't be in love though. They really this shouldn't be yucky. in love. This like, is yucky. <laughs> Like they are the most sibling yeah. you can get. Also, rich rich people. <laughs> yeah, rich elites. So. Yeah. yeah, eat the rich. I think that's still a good message. <laughs> I think it's a thing. Just actively, yeah. just like ang, 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 ang. <laughs> eat the fingers of the rich. All right, well that's <laughs> that's it. That's what we have to say. Uh, <laughs> so bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. And I also have. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's fine. That's for smashing. Okay. Big lady smash. It's fine. I'm harboring Listen, no you resentment. You win some, you lose some. As... Uh-huh. I can tell. None. No <laughs> Not a single Nothing but ounce. positive vibes. Yeah, only good vibes here. This is like midsummer. Only good vibes. <laughs> <laughs>